Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set podcast. My name is Ethan and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to 77977 to download. What's up, Centerset Church? My name is Sarah Goodheil, and I am so happy to be with you this Sunday. Normally, Monday through Friday, I'm in the classroom, I'm a teacher, but today's Sunday, and I get to talk to you about God's Word and what He has placed on my heart. Mm. And we also get to start a new collection of talks called You Asked For It. And this is where, church, you submitted questions and we get to answer them on Sunday. So I'm pumped, I'm ready, I hope you're ready too. And before I get to my question, back in 2017, one of my best friends asked me to be in her wedding. And I said, yes, I'm there. I'm honored to support you during that day. And bonus, it was in Ireland. She actually married someone from Ireland. So Ethan and I flew there and I stayed in a room with two other bridesmaids. They were my best friends too. And you know, if you're in a bridal party, wedding day is game day. Like you need to be ready to go the next day. So we were getting ready, we were going to bed. And before we turn off the lights, we hear this little buzzing and we just can't get over it. So we turn the lights back on, it's this fly and it is really annoying us. And so we have to kill it in order to go to bed. And five minutes in, it's really cute, we're laughing. 15 minutes in, it's not funny anymore. This thing will not die. I have mustache sweat, like it has to go. And so my girl, Nikki, during one of our pauses, we were a little frustrated. She mentioned this podcast that she listened to actually about an army veteran who got captured during the Vietnam War. He was a prisoner of war and he faced some horrific things. And some of the things that really kept him going, made him survive was using these three statements when he needed it. And he would say, I can, I will, I must. Mm. Now, some of you might be thinking, wow, did Sarah and her friends really use these three statements to kill a fly? Yes, we did. I remember picking up shoes, newspapers, whatever, and whispering, because it's midnight at this point. I can, I will, I must, and going after this fly. And thank God we killed it, and we had a really great day the next day. And I love that memory because I was with my friends, but I also loved how inspiring it was with those statements. When you say those things over and over, and you know you have to do it, it was really convicting for me. And today's question that I get to answer is, How do I hear God's voice? How do I hear from God? And I'm going to answer that question around those three statements. I can, I will, I must. I can hear the voice of God. I will hear the voice of God. And I must hear the voice of God. So go ahead. If you don't have it already at home, get out your notebooks, get out your cell phone, open up that notes app. Join us as we take notes on this. And the first thing I would love for you to write down is, I can hear the voice of God. Mm. I can hear God's voice. And the reason why I wanted to start with this point was because we need to believe that we can actually hear God's voice. You don't need to pass an exam. You don't need to take a course. You are already qualified because of who you are, who God created you to be. And in the first step in knowing and believing that you can hear God's voice is knowing that your identity is in Christ. Mm -hmm. And before I continue, I have to ask this question. Who here likes sushi? Anyone at home, do you love sushi? Okay, don't come for me. I don't like sushi. Okay, I guess I don't have the acquired taste for it. But when sushi was getting really popular and I would see restaurants pop up and, you know, people wanted to go out to this different sushi restaurants, I thought it was really cool. Some of them I noticed, let me know in the chat, 
if you also notice this as well. Sometimes in a sushi restaurant, normally near the bar, there is like a mini conveyor belt of just plates of sushi. And people could sit down, watch the belt go by, and just pick what they wanted to eat. And I thought that was so cool, like in and out come through. Why can't we get that with cheeseburgers, you know? And it was just interesting to me that they could just pick and choose when they wanted and what they wanted to eat. And I love that image because when I talk about knowing your identity in Christ, I can relate to that so well because I can easily look back in my life and see how I struggled with that. See, although I grew up Christian, I did not have my identity in Christ for a long time. And I could easily see through different seasons, it was like I was sitting in that restaurant trying to pick different identities that eventually would crumble because they were weak and they were temporary. I was trying to place something where an eternal source should be. Mm -hmm. And I would just watch and be like, oh, athlete, let me try that identity. That didn't work. Oh, let me try again. How about girlfriend? Let me take that identity. Mm -hmm. That didn't work as well. And it was by the grace of God and with my pastor's help and just being in a church community that I truly realized who I am in Christ. And it took me a while to actually acknowledge it and then believe it. We say this a lot in this house, behavior follows belief. You can do something over and over and over again, but if you don't believe it, it will not stick. And what it took for me was to repeat scripture over and over on myself to realize that, wow, my identity really is in Christ. And some of you might be listening right now thinking, you know what, Sarah, I'm not there yet. And I encourage you to write down one of these verses if they speak to you, because it is true about yourself. Okay. These are the things that I used to say. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint, a holy one. I have been adopted as God's child. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all of my sins, and I am complete in Christ. And I encourage you, pick one of those if one is speaking to you, but do yourself a favor and put your name there because you are a child of God. Yeah. You are Christ's friend. You have been justified. You are a member of Christ's body. You are a saint, a holy one. You have been adopted as God's child. You have been justified and forgiven of all of your sins, and you are complete in Christ. Mm -hmm. And in addition to knowing who we are in Christ in order to hear his voice, we need to also know that God wants to meet with us because he loves us and cares about the details of our lives. Look in Matthew 10, verse 29 with me, and this is what it says. Are not two sparrows, sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Mm -hmm. Fear not, therefore you are, more of, you are of more value than many sparrows. And right here in this scripture, this is Jesus speaking, to his disciples. It's kind of like a locker room moment. Maybe if you're an athlete, you know what I'm talking about or you've seen it in movies. It's where the players are dressed for the game. It's silent, they're focused, and mm -hmm. the coach comes in five minutes before just telling them, reminding them what to do. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's equipped them. They can cast out demons. They can heal the sick. And they're getting ready to reach the lost sheep of Israel. Mm -hmm. And he's giving them reminders. He's encouraging them. And he's telling them that the same God they are accountable to also loves them and cares about the details of their lives. I love how theologian Thomas Constable puts it. He says, often people think 
that God cares only for the big things in life and is unconcerned about the details. Jesus taught the opposite. God's concern with details should give us confidence. Mm -hmm. Even in Psalm 139, it says, God, you knitted me in my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. That's pretty detailed, church. I don't know if you caught that. And that detail reflects the deep love your father has for you. In 1 John 4, 9, it says, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. And in Ephesians 2, 4, it says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. 1 Corinthians 8, 3 says, but whoever loves God is known by God. Church, we need to realize that, number one, we can hear the voice of God. And number two, I will hear the voice of God. I will hear God's voice. And the reason why we can is because God is alive and he is actively speaking. And I love how Pastor Robert Morris summarizes this when he's talking about the general voice of God versus the specific voice of God. This is how he puts it together. He says, we want to hear the specific voice of God during a job change, a big decision, when we see a sale on Zara, hey Lord, can I buy that real quick? Send a confirmation real quick, thank you. We wanna hear a specific word, but we're trying to hear specific words from God at different times of our lives without the habits of hearing the general words from God every day. And there are real habits, church, that we're gonna talk about, and you can start as soon as tonight in hearing God's voice. But we need to be prepared and intentional with these habits. See, as a teacher, I use a teaching strategy a lot called scaffolding. And basically, what scaffolding is, is that you're setting up your students so that they can take in the lesson the best way possible. And it looks a lot of different ways. It could be visual aids like this. It could be going over vocab words in a text before they read it. Because believe it or not, as a teacher, when I ask a question, I have a strategy in my head. Mm. I'm not throwing out a question to my first graders and asking them, what word rhymes with cake? And just scanning the room looking for the weak one. Like, ha, there she is. Watch her bomb this. No, I'm not going to do that. Everything I do, I set them up for success. I want them to succeed, whether it's a challenging lesson or a lesson that's a little easier for them, whether they're by themselves, with a partner, or answering a question in front of the class. In the same way, church, we need to set ourselves up to succeed in hearing God's voice. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at a couple different habits that can really help us with this. So go ahead, get out your pens again, and write this down. Habit number one Prayer, pause, posture. Three words. Prayer, pause, and posture. And then next to prayer, go ahead and write, pray in a secluded place. This is a really great habit, and we have the best example for it. It's Jesus himself. You can see all throughout the Gospels that he makes this a priority when he needs to talk to his father. In Mark 1.35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 5.16, it says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6.12, One of these days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spend the night praying to God. And Luke 11.1, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. 
Notice it didn't say while doing the dishes or when the TV's on and I'm folding laundry. And let me just clarify, church, you can talk to God at any point you want, even with distractions in front of you. But it won't replace the intimacy you build when you spend uninterrupted time in prayer with him. And we could see that Jesus made this a priority. And so we need to take this habit and weave it into our lives so that we can set ourselves up to hear from God. The next word under prayer was pause. And if you can, right next to pause, pause my thoughts and body. Pause your thoughts and body. In Lamentations 3.25, it says, God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. In Psalms 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. And that's one of my favorite verses when I am going to be in prayer by myself. I say this over and over again. It's almost like a mental shift for me to really focus and pause my body and thoughts. Because church, there is power in your pause. I don't know if you know this. When you stop and you choose to engage in what you're doing while you're praying and sit in the calmness of listening to God's voice, your relationship with him will change. You're gonna find that your thoughts and desires align with his, and that when you sit in the stillness, a regeneration, regenerating is gonna happen as you spend time with God in prayer. Mm -hmm. So the first word I said was prayer. The second one was pause. And the third one is posture. And next to that, go ahead and write, check your emotional and spiritual posture. Mm -hmm. We're gonna check that. <laughs> After Jesus died on the cross, he conquered sin and death and rose from the grave. He was on earth for 40 days before he ascended into heaven. And at the end of those 40 days, he told his disciples to wait, to wait for the gift that was promised to them in Jerusalem. And so they did. In Acts 1.14, it describes how they obeyed Jesus. And it says, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Say 10 days. Church, type it. 10 days. 10 days later in Acts 2, it describes what happened when they obeyed Jesus and waited in Jerusalem. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. When I say um, the word posture, church, I'm referring to your approach when you pray. That includes your attitude, your heart, your soul as you go to meet with God while you're pausing, while you are praying. When you are in this posture, in this position, you are going to be able to receive what he has for you. You will be able to hear from him. And it's important to realize this because we can see it in the text that the disciples did this. Mm -hmm. The t our Bible doesn't say that during those 10 days they picked a Netflix series and binge watched it. No, they were praying. They were focused. They were in position to receive what God had for them. So after we've written those three words, we got another three coming your way for habit number two. So go ahead and write that down. And under those three, under that word, write three words. Read, reflect, and repeat. 
read, reflect, and repeat. And then next to read, write God's word. I know, it's a long one. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm -hmm. While we are reading, while we are praying in a secluded place, while we are pausing, while we're in position church, we need to be reading God's word. His word is alive and active. That word was living in Hebrews 4.12. That means present tense, 2021. And God can speak through his scripture to you while you are reading it. He can encourage you. He can give you discernment, direction. He can help you in any situation that you might be through his scripture. So some of you might be wondering, okay, Sarah, I get it. Relax. Read the Bible. Where do I start? That is a great question. I would suggest if you are trying to restart this habit or if you're starting for the first time, go to the New Testament in the book of John. The second word that I had you write down was reflect. And after that word, go ahead and write, reflect on what I've been reading and learning. Reflect on what I've been reading and learning. In Psalms 1, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Another version says, chew on scripture day and night. And I love that verb because when you chew something, it's not like swallowing. It doesn't take a second. It should take a little longer. Um, fun fact about the Good Howl House, we love gum. At all times, we have two to three containers of gum, whether it's in the car, in our house, and it's not some cute little orbit packet of 12 pieces. <laughs> like we have 40 plus pieces of gum. We're very serious about it. And when I like to chew gum is when I like to work. It just makes me work faster. Mm. And it also helps me when I'm stressed because I am a stressed eater. Mm. Some of you might be looking at me like, oh, when I'm stressed, I don't eat. Well, you have been blessed because for some reason in my soul, when I am stressed, I need six glazed donuts. It's just gonna help me. So to combat that, I always chew gum when I'm stressed. And it's very interesting about gum containers, right? It doesn't say warning, chew one piece per day or don't chew past 2 p.m. You can chew gum whenever you want. You have the freedom to do so while you walk your dog, while your kids are napping, while you're running errands. There's no limit to that. And that's why I love that verb chew because it can relate to how we reflect on God's word. You can do it throughout any part of your day, whether you're walking the dog, doing the dishes, while your kids are napping, when you're running errands. And we want to do this habit, church, because when we reflect on God's word, what he's trying to say to us, we renew our mind in him. And we're able to receive his voice, whether it's speaking into a situation or just guiding us in this season of life. The last word I asked you to write down was repeat. And next to repeat, go ahead and add, stay consistent, God's got this. And I love this part because church, unfortunately, there's no other way around it. Around it, Consistency demands sacrifice. Mm. It does. And when we want to grow in our relationship with God, when we want to hear God's voice, we need to stay consistent in our relationship with him. These habits are great, but if we do it once, it's only going to stay in that spot. You're not going to grow. So we want to stay consistent. We want to add this last habit of repeating something. 
And in Hebrews chapter 5, I love what the writer does. He uses a very cool metaphor and takes how a baby is so young, all it can take is, is milk. You can't put a cheeseburger in front of a baby, right? And he relates it to how when you mature in your relationship with Christ, because as you grow, as a baby grows, you can handle more solid food. So let's take a look on what it says in verse 13. It says, For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. If you can write that phrase down, do it. Constant practice practice that is needed that is something that we need to highlight because when we want to grow when we want to do something like hear God's voice we need to stay consistent and that is just so important before I move on I need to ask does anyone remember what midnight premieres used to look like at the movie theaters mm -hmm. type it in the chat if you remember it's not like how it is now at 8 p.m. It would literally premiere at midnight. Like you would have times like 12.01, 12.03, 12.05. And I used to love midnight premieres. My friends and I, we would go for it. We would get ready. We would line up for Oscar nominated movies like Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, like really good <laughs> stuff. And we would wear comfy clothes, bring snacks, games, and we'd get there four hours ahead and just watch the line grow. Mm. And it was just so much fun. We didn't argue, we loved to do it. We volunteered our time to be there. And what we discovered is that we put in all this time towards something that I can't even tell you what happened in the movie today. Mm. And as we go through these habits and we will hear God's voice, church, I wanna ask you a couple questions that I wanna encourage you to reflect on as we go through this. And that's, where do I spend my time? What do I prioritize the most in my life? And then ask yourself that question, a question, is one of those things spending time with God? If you have room in your notes, go ahead and write this down. Where you prioritize your time is usually, when, usually what you tend to value the most. Good. And it's so interesting, myself included, sometimes when I hear something, I'm quick to say, oh, I don't have time for that, I'm sorry. But at the end of my day, I find the time for things that are not a priority in my life. And that's what we need to walk away with, church, today. I wanna to encourage you that you can hear the voice of God. And you will hear the voice of God when you set yourself up to succeed, but we need to prioritize the desire to hear His voice. So the first thing we said was, I can hear God's voice. The second one was, I will hear God's voice. And the last thing to write down is, I must hear God's voice. I must hear God's voice. And I love this last statement because this word must, it's not a suggestion, right? There's a sense of urgency when you say, I must do something. When I'm doing a practice fire drill with my first graders, I don't make an announcement that goes, hey everyone, we're gonna practice what it's like when the building's on fire. Can you line up behind me? But if you're busy, stay there, it's fine. Meet us outside. No, I instill the fear of God in those seven-year-olds and I tell them to get up out of their seat, do not talk, and line up in three seconds or less. And I don't do that to mess with my class. I do that because I know my responsibility as a teacher. Because at the end of the day, in an emergency situation, I go from someone who doesn't have 
any kids in her life to all of a sudden I have 20 babies and are they okay? I'm triple checking if they're in line. Are they looking at me? Because if you know one breaks from the line, they're like ants, then they follow the other person. That's a whole nother problem. <laughs> and that's the thing, church. I know my responsibility. I operate differently because of it. We do that practice drill because it's essential and it's needed. And that's what I wanna leave you with today in our last point, that we can do these habits and hear God's voice and set ourselves up to hear from him. But there needs to be a mentality change of, I must be hearing from God's voice. Because if we're choosing to follow him and believe him in this life, it is essential, it is needed, and it will prepare you for things to come, whatever you may face. In John 10, 10, this is what Jesus said. He said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that word abundantly isn't speaking to blessings raining down on you every day. That's talking about when you are in step with God, when your soul is aligned with him and he is leading you because he knows you best. He knows the life he created for you and that it's the best for you. This last year during COVID and during quarantine, each and every one of us experienced pressure in an area of our life. Whether you were a parent and all of a sudden you were a teacher and you were helping your kids learn at home, or maybe it was a loved one in your life that got sick, or maybe your job was affected by it. And for me, that was it. I felt the pressure in my job. My school was in a position where I had to teach kids in person and then also teach kids online at the same time for six to eight hours a day for nine months. And just to clarify that even more, that's basically two jobs at the same time that requires two different teaching methods and two different um, times to prep for it. It's just the twice the amount of work. And don't get me wrong, church, I'm very, very grateful I had a job and I reminded myself of that every day. But I'm not gonna lie, the mental and emotional wear and tear was brutal. I don't think I've cried that many times in those nine months when I look back at my entire life. And I actively avoid my crying face. It's, it's not cute, you know, when people have that ability to have one tear fall and their voice doesn't go up and the heavens part and the sun shines on them. I'm so jealous. My, no, my nose just runs with snot. It's disgusting, like I avoid it, okay? And during my end of the year, towards the end of April, a lot of people who knew I was a teacher would say, Sarah, your year is almost over, aren't you excited? And to be honest, church, I wasn't. I was feeling the opposite. It might as well have been October because of the amount of work I was just facing every day. I was tapped out, I was done. I was really close to just quitting and handing in my two weeks notice. And to get through the rest of the year, even though the finish line was so close, and to try to reach it, I saw an online five-day challenge by Christine Kane and it was called Thrive Again, Get Your Passion Back, which, yeah, sign me up, I needed it. And one of the exercises during that challenge was that you got to look at a list of verses and use one verse, memorize it, to remind you of the passionate life God wants for you. So I'm going through this list, and the Holy Spirit said that one when I came across 1 Thessalonians 5:17. And I wanna read it to you, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so that's what I did. I did my best that when I had mental breakdowns, when I was frustrated and angry, 
when I was literally ready to quit the next day, I would do my best to remind myself of this verse, to say it, even when I didn't feel like it. Two weeks later, we were here at Center Set, we had our dream team huddle, and then the Connect team and the Fit team made their own huddle. And one of our team leaders, her name is Megan. If you know Megan, give her a little shout out in the chat. She's leading our team huddle and she's talking about Jesus is our joy. That's one of our core values. And do you know what verse she used? First Thessalonians 5:17. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I know that verse, sure. Two weeks after that, it's Mother's Day. And because my mom is my mom, she has a gift for me. I'm like, mom, you don't know how this day works. It's your day. But because she's awesome, I take the small gift she gets me and it's this notepad that you can put on your fridge. And I brought it today. You know what it says, church? First Thessalonians 517. <laughs> like I can't even get a Jeremiah 29 11. Like where's that verse? So after that, two weeks later, Pastor Ali starts his collection of talks called Spiritual Gym. And you know what verse he references in the first sermon? First Thessalonians 517. And church, I couldn't even take notes anymore. I was smiling underneath my mask because I could see it. I could hear it, church, of God just being, Sarah, hello, are you listening to me? Are you still rejoicing? Are you still praying? Are you still giving thanks even though you don't want to? Because you know what? You're not alone. I know you want to stop, but keep going. I'm with you. I'm for you. Can you hear me? And church, if I wasn't trying to have that verse, renewing my mind in it, if I wasn't on my knees praying, if I wasn't reading my Bible, I would have missed it. I would have missed that verse and I wouldn't have finished one of the hardest seasons of my life the way I did. And that's what I wanna leave you with today, church. You can hear God's voice simply because of who he created you to be and that he wants to meet with you. You will hear God's voice when you set yourself up to succeed and that you prioritize the desire to hear his voice. And you must hear God's voice because he wants to speak to you. He has something specific for you and he loves you. And I hope that this message carries on in your week and that you can remember as you try to weed these habits in your life. Now, some of you might be listening to this, whether you're at home or in your car, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, Sarah, before I even hear God's voice, I have not even made that first step. I've not even made that realization that I need him in my life. And I want to speak to you for a moment. If you feel that tension, that tugging, there's a reason why. And this is between you and God, whether you are again at home or in your car. And if I want to encourage you to take that step forward and accept him in your life. It's a free gift of his love. It doesn't cost anything. You don't need to do anything to earn it. And if you're ready to make that step, go ahead and repeat this after me. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I recognize that I need you, that I have sinned and you have taken my place. I wanna receive what you have for me. I ask for your forgiveness. I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Let your spirit fill me, Lord. I love you. 
If you have made that step, if you have um, made that step to accept Christ into your life, go ahead and let us know in the chat. We wanna connect with you, we wanna encourage you and talk with you about it. We have something for you, church. And I hope that you again find this message encouraging. Know that I'll be praying for you and that I will see you soon. God bless. Thanks so much for listening. We hope this message impacted you and inspires you to draw closer to Jesus. Subscribe to this podcast and give us a follow on Instagram at Centerset Church to keep up with all that God is doing in our community. Also, we'd love to be in prayer with you. If you have any prayer requests, please send them to info at centerset.church.